Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life podcast. This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. So today on The Less Stressed Life, we're talking hormones, and hormones are a huge topic, but I've got two brainiac dietitians here to join me and talk about that today, and it is Kaylee and Robin. Kaylee and Robin are both functional medicine dietitians, meaning that they help individuals get to the root cause of their health struggles. They both have a passion for women's health and have teamed up to create an online course to help women not only identify their hormone trouble, but understand why it's happening and get to the root cause of it with diet and lifestyle. Welcome, Kaylee McDivitt and Robin Johnson. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to these California girls today that um, we work uh, we work alongside in, in other projects. So, And you guys have been really working on this mastermind project with Her Hormones Academy. But really, tell me how you guys got started in hormones more specifically. Like, How did you decide to kind of narrow it down and realize that women's health, hormones, period health, fertility was really a big deal? Yeah, well, I can go first. I and mean, part of it is just a personal journey of you know, going through times where my cycle was off and I was told I had PCOS and investigate further into it, that was not the case. And, you know, everything was fixed with diet and lifestyle. So I've always had a personal interest in women's health and Kaylee and I have connected and we were, you know, getting coffee one day and we're like, we are both really into this. Let's do something. Yeah. And same here. I mean, it was, it started with a personal interest being put on birth control very young and not really knowing anything about it and having the full gamut of side effects. And wasn't until I started researching it myself that I realized that was an issue. I mean, I worked for an OBGYN practice out in California a few years ago where I saw, you know, hundred percent women clients. And it just, because it was something that I had experienced myself made me even more passionate about it. And like Robin said, we got coffee one day and we both got really like soapboxy about some hormone issues. And we were like, all right, we got to do something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, how many hormones are there? Like when you're thinking about women's health and hormones, like how many different points are just to like, this is a big topic. And I think we're going to try to zoom in and, and put in the context of stress. But if we think about like the big picture, how are hormones created? 
Um, how many are there ish? Um, so there's, I mean, there's tons of hormones and they're kind of in, you know, different categories. Are we talking sex hormones? Are we talking our, um, insulin? Are we talking like stress hormones? So there's so many different categories and all of these hormones communicate. So that's part of what we talk about in her hormones Academy is, you know, we can't just talk about sex hormones and try to target that and, and, improve those, we have to think about how is the brain communicating to our ovaries where those sex hormones are produced and how is our insulin communicating with the rest of our body that, you know, all of these signals are passed throughout the body and that, that triggers certain sex hormones. And so it's just a really big communication system. Okay. So let's talk about how stress impacts your hormones. And when we talk about hormones and we talk about women's health, we're also talking about period health and fertility, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So when we're stressed, the adrenal glands that sit on top of our kidneys make our stress hormone cortisol. And that's a great starting point for figuring out how stress affects your sex hormones because your adrenal glands are part of a bigger overall structure called the HPA axis, which starts with the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland in your brain and ends in your adrenal glands. But there are other axes that are similar. There's the HPO, which ends in your ovaries, and the HPT axis that ends in your thyroid. And anything that affects any of those axes is going to have an impact on the other ones. So specifically with the example of stress, if we have a whole bunch of stress and a whole bunch of cortisol, cortisol is in a negative feedback loop with that entire HPA axis. So it's actually going to tell the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland to slow down their function and their output, which is going to in turn affect our thyroid and our ovaries, which has wide ranging effects on our sex hormones and our period health and our fertility. Oh, I really want to skip to like, okay, so then what do you do? <laughs> Definitely cool science. So we've got the HP access, thyroid access, and an ovarian access. What are some examples of like things that show up when you go to your doctor's office or things that you're like annoying things that you're dealing with? Yeah. If HPO access or HPA access or HPT access, if any of these communication systems to our hormones aren't working, the symptoms that can present are, are so a wide range of things like amenorrhea or lack of a period, infertility, lack of ovulation, low progesterone, estrogen dominance, acne, like PMS. I mean, it can go so far as this for the symptoms because it's the hormones that either aren't optimal or maybe aren't getting in the right balance. And if those hormones aren't cycling like we want them to every month, then the symptom will present. And the symptom just can vary from woman to woman. Okay, this feels like a lot of history work. So where do you start when you realize, oh, this hormone is off, right? Like, like you look at each one of those systems individually and say, like, this is the priority? Yeah, so looking at symptoms is the best starting place. And that's how we both run our practice and how hormones, Her Hormones Academy starts off is looking at all of these symptoms alongside each other because you can pick up patterns among these symptoms that help point you in the right direction. Because like Robin talked about, it's a big web of communication and hormones and it can feel really overwhelming to try to figure out exactly where the issue is. But nothing happens in isolation. It's usually part of a bigger trend or a bigger pattern and looking at symptoms, especially how those symptoms are across the course of the month, uh, can really be a great starting place for you. Okay. I like that analogy because I think a web is probably one of the the best ways to describe it. It is a little confusing. It's intricate and beautiful and intentional, but also like, how did you do that? (laughs) How did your body do that? So as, as I think about hormones, I think about how 
um, when I've read about hormones and done study on hormones, I realize like, wow, this really is like 15% of the population should have of crash course all the time, right? Because if you don't know how your own body is working, that is a lack of empowerment and you, I mean, you can't really feel like you're in control if you don't know how it works. So on that note, what are some things that we kind of do wrong to kind of alter hormones that don't really serve us long-term in finding the root cause? Like what are common things, like if you go to the doctor and you've got these problems, what are the common um, treatments that you've, that you're, that you're maybe clients in your practice have done? Either they're kind of just hanging out in complacency, like, like, oh, that's what my doctor did. Or you notice that, oh, this is definitely the wrong direction. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think the biggest two that come to mind are thinking it's normal and not doing anything about it. So having PMS pain or having moods crash and feeling like you're not yourself every part of the month, people just assume, women assume that that's normal and that's just part of their cycle. So that's the first one. But then the second one is birth control and just putting a big old bandaid on the symptom. And, you know, there are certainly cases where birth control can help someone, but I think most cases women go seeking for help with some sort of symptom and the only solution they're presented is birth control. And there's a lot of lack of information presented along with that option, like the fact that hormonal birth control will suppress ovulation. And ovulation is the reason you make hormones. And so with with taking it, you are suppressing your own ability to make those hormones. And I think that there's a bunch of information that's missed when that only option is presented. Why do you think that it's not normal for us to kind of take a bigger root cause analysis approach or really help people understand this better? Like, why do you think we take the easy way? Is it because we're not well-informed? Is it because our providers just don't know? You do, can't do what you don't know? Like, what, what, what do you think is the problem here? Yeah, this is a, a very big question. Um, I think it comes down to a, a couple of things. So, Time is one of the biggest ones. The way that our healthcare system is set up right now, when you see a conventional doctor, I think the average appointment time is like, what, seven minutes or something like that. And like we've already touched on, this women's health topic is this huge, complex, and beautiful web of intricate things all related. And if we have seven minutes to talk about how you're feeling and give you a quick solution, we just can't, we can't dive in there. And, you know, the doctor's goal is to make you feel better right away. And something quick like a birth control bandaid is about the only option they have in that model. Mm. So, you know, that's probably the biggest reason why we're not diving into it on top and of I, the lack of knowledge. And I think to add on to that is as women, we're not taught about how our body works. So we also don't know what questions to ask. You know, most of us have haven't learned about anything related to periods since like fifth grade. And at that point, you're obviously not learning about hormones. And so it's it's hard to walk into an office, a doctor's office, and feel confident in what you want or what to ask for when you haven't been educated on how your own body works yourself. Right. Can you tell us, like, give us examples of how stress manifests to impact hormones? Mm Mm-hmm. So like you said, it's not just the kind of classic forms of stress or maybe we're worried about a presentation at work or our finances, but it's it's things like chronic inflammation, whether that's coming from something going on in your gut or maybe an unknown or a hidden infection that you have in your body. It can obviously be both emotional and perceived stress. It can be the stress of not getting enough sleep or having an altered circadian rhythm or the stress of not eating enough or not having enough of the nutrients that your body needs. And those are big ones because even a slight 
under eating is going to put stress on the body, which has the ability to throw off this whole system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, so we've got inflammation, emotional stress, um, nutrient stress, poor sleep, um, anything else to add there? Or is that kind of like some of the main ones? I think the perceived stress is a big one. Past traumas or any intense emotional experience where you're having a negative lens on yourself and your own body. I think that that's looked glanced over a lot, but there's actually studies that show that the, the relationship we have with our body or the positive outlook we have on our hormones and our period health, meaning seeing it as a good thing, like your monthly visitor versus like, Oh, that monthly annoyance mm-hmm. um, the lens you have on it impact or can impact PMS. And so that's part of the stress bucket is just the relationship we have with our own body. Yeah. I like that. And I know you've actually done a bunch of reading and research. I've, I've seen you talk about it, like that whole brain connection. I think, was there a specific book that you loved? Um, if you, if you can remember what it was that kind of talk, I feel like you had highlighted us several comments from a certain book. Um, what is that book off the top of my head? It's by Bruce Lipton. What Again. is that called? Yeah. We'll find it and put it in the show notes. Or if you think about it later, just interrupt us because yeah. I was just thinking of that. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Because I do think we glaze over how we're handling stress, right? And I, I always used to use this term subliminal stress. We don't even realize we're stressed sometimes when we're just go, 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 going. We don't think about it being like, oh, I'm so stressed. But it's really like, okay, but physiologically what's happening? Like your adrenals are going up because you are just going from one place to the next to the next. And there's a, there's a term for it, psychoneuroimmunology, how our thoughts or beliefs affect our immune system, which we know affects our hormones. And that book is called Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. Biology of Belief, Psychoneurofeedback. Love it. It kind of reminds me of, of, and that actually sense because I have had clients do neurofeedback for depression. Um, I always think there's multiple ways to go at something, right? So we want to care. We care about those functional aspects, you guys. Um, and we're all very interested in kind of that gut brain connection from, from the nutritional and um, functional aspect, but then there's also kind of just a slightly different angle to it with the neurofeedback area. So anyway, fun topics. We talked about overall hormones, how many they are, where they manifest with the adrenals, with the thyroid, with the ovaries. We talked about how stress kind of manifests in symptoms with amenorrhea, infertility, estrogen dominance, low progesterone, acne, PMS, things like that. It's not normal. We talked about how... Um, these stressors really impact hormones. So let's talk about like what you can do about it. Um, how does someone support themselves is if stress is at the root of their hormone issues? Mm-hmm. So it absolutely starts with addressing and becoming aware of all the different sources of stress in your life, that whole list that we worked through. So not just kind of the classical forms of stress, but all of it and making a list, trying to get inventory of everything that could be contributing to that stress bucket for you. And then the ones that you do have control over, address those or build in those stress-busting habits like you were talking about, that self-care time, making a point to give yourself that alone time, that sauna time, meditation, therapy, reading a book or walking outside. And obviously not every single one of those stressors is going to be something that you can address like that, but that's where things like making sure that your sleep is rock solid. So going to bed at the same time every night, you know, within about 30 minute window and getting up around the same time every day. So keeping that circadian rhythm intact, balancing your blood sugar with food would be your next step because anytime our blood sugar is out of whack, we're adding additional sources of stress onto our body. 
the good you know, macronutrient balanced meals at regular intervals. And then of course, there are specific nutrients that you can go to after that, primarily things like B vitamins and magnesium. How about as we look forward? So I'm thinking about like who this whole topic is for. And if you're listening for, to this, you already know. But I mean, this starts at, starts at ages 12 maybe or so up to the later years in menopause. So tell me one about when menopause should start, when it can start, and then why is stress important near the end of those period years? Yeah, that can be a wide window. Depends on the woman. And some people hit early menopause, even in their 30s. Um, I would say more average is early 50s. And the reason that this is so important to think through before you're hitting those years is because after menopause, your adrenals take over in producing the small amounts of hormones that you have. And so if you have really drained your adrenal function, and not to mean it wouldn't work, but if you've really stressed out your system, it will make it harder to ease into those menopause years. Mm -hmm. And what would that look like or feel like? That can be lots of symptoms like um, lower sex drive, can be severe mood swings, can be hot flashes. Those are some of the big ones. Mm -hmm. But can you kind of walk us through what maybe like either signs and symptoms maybe of adrenal stuff and then um, appropriate testing? Yeah, absolutely. So starting with the signs and symptoms, obviously any changes to your cycle or any of the hormonal troubles that we we mentioned before, like irregular periods, really bad PMS, endometriosis, low progesterone, all of those can indicate a potential situation with your adrenal glands because a lot of them do originate there. It can also be changes in your energy level throughout the course of the day. Maybe you have these big energy crashes, or maybe you wake up and you're just not feeling like you can get going, like you're never really opening your eyes. And then when it comes time to go to sleep, maybe you're just wired. You're not able to wind down at the end of the day. Um, so those would be the big symptoms that might indicate that you should look further. And when it comes to testing, there are a lot of different options. I would say for the most part, staying away from that one-time blood test, you know, whenever you go in to get your blood work done to just check cortisol at one moment in time isn't a good way to look at it because your cortisol fluctuates throughout the course of the day. It's part of our circadian rhythm. So in order to assess whether or not we have a healthy cortisol rhythm, we want to see it measured at multiple points in the course of a day. And if there are any hormone problems, I really think that's a great place to look because that Dutch test looks at things way beyond cortisol metabolism as well. And I know you have a lot of go-getters that listen to your podcast. So for me personally, it was that Dutch test that made me realize my good stress was still too much stress. And that can be the case too when we're go-getters and we're doing too much and and good things, but still too much, that can still impact your stress and your hormones. So that test is just so helpful to see like right in front of your face. Like you can't ignore, is this an area I need to address or not? Yeah. And actually you said that in a fun way that we probably didn't highlight very well. So the good stress, if you think about it, the reason we have cortisol is not to like burn out ourselves out. It's really because it's fight or flight. It's like when you need this, when you are running from, from the tiger or whatever that modern day running from the tiger thing is, that is what our body, I mean, our body is wicked smart. So, I mean, we have it for a reason, but we just kind of abuse it a little bit. Just our society is so much more prone to stress. I have like as needed or PRN kind of like, here's my go-to things. I can just, I start to recognize now like, oh my, I'm weird, but I'm like, oh my, literally like my back hurts like in that spot. I mean, I, I literally feel it. I'm like, okay. And you know, you can self-check yourself like, okay, 
things are st- stressful right now. I just need to step back and like take care of myself for a second because it'll push you farther. And most people, that's really where most of us ignore, like the general population ignores it until it's like, oh, now I am like so sick I cannot function, right? Because we're so busy taking care of everyone else. So yeah, that reminds me of the sayings. If you listen to your body's whispers, you don't have to hear it scream. So like you're saying, when your little back hurts, then that's when you pay attention to it before you're truly knocked out. Yeah, I love that so much. Uh, okay, cool. Very, very, very stuff. Okay, so do we almost cover things that we wanted to cover? We talked about um, stress-related hormones, period health, fertility, the different types of axes, um, the things that affect them, some testing that can kind of that that can be helpful as well as you get started and whatnot. But you, I mean, this is a huge topic, right? I mean, there's a lot of hormones here. So let's talk a little bit about Her Hormones Academy, when that opens, and um, and who's the right fit for that. Yeah. So we developed Her Hormones Academy because like you said, we saw a need that just wasn't being met. With 50% of the population being female, we've got to do a better job of learning how our body works so we can have the right conversations with our doctors, so we can be able to determine whether or not things are normal and know what to do from there. So Her Hormones Academy is essentially like your ultimate women's health guide. It starts with a questionnaire to help you pinpoint what might be going on for you to try to take out some of the overwhelm so you don't have to just listen to everything from start to finish. But once you figure out which particular lessons pertain to the symptoms that you have going on, we walk you through exactly what's happening and why and how to use real food, lifestyle, and targeted supplements to overcome it. So it's really for women of all ages, um, starting with your period years and ending you know, at the end of your period years. And we also recommend specific lab testing for certain symptoms to help guide you even further. Because like you said, there's only so much that you can guess based on symptoms, but lab testing can really give someone the confidence that they're moving in the right direction with their time and energy. Right. So, and that is something I see as a bummer sometimes is sometimes people don't have the access to testing that they need or like good quality testing. And so then they just feel like they've done everything and seen every provider, but it's like, Oh, I know you really done a lot of things, but you really haven't done a lot of things yet. Like you, there is actually a lot more that can be done in all of these situations. And I think for some people, it's like a relief to know that because it feels no one can help them sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. But it just depends on like how you bounce from thing to thing to thing. And so getting a comprehensive education on something is a solid move. It's a bright move. So, all right, ladies. So you know, if you could leave people with one thing and I, if you can each go and maybe Robin go first, if what's one thing someone can do today, improve their overall hormone and stress response and things like that. Um, what would you tell them? My one thing is to download an app or something where you can start tracking where you're at in your cycle, because it's impossible to know what to do about any hormonal symptom. If you have no idea what your where you are in your own, in your own cycle. And so there's plenty of apps like Kindara. Um, and we talk through a whole bunch of stuff in the program, but we also have a free video coming soon. That's going to teach people exactly how to find out where you're at in your cycle or what the phases are. But that really is the, the first step before anything can be done about any symptoms is just knowing where you're at. Cool. Yeah. How about you, Kay- Kaylee? What's one thing you want to leave everyone with today? Yeah. So because this topic can be overwhelming by nature and kind of counterproductive to learn all this and be stressed about all that you have to do, my biggest reminder for anybody listening is just to remember that you are in control and you are capable of achieving the health outcomes that you're looking for. 
So you've got the ability to find the information and the ability to make these changes. So it's not some out of reach abstract thing. And the belief in that ability has to come first. Oh, I love that too. Very good. Okay. So in the show notes, we'll have her hormonesacad.com. And then where can people find you guys online? And maybe we should spell, spell your names. <laughs> yeah. So on Instagram, I am nutrition by Robin. So that's Robin with a Y or nutritionbyrobin.com is the website. And for me on Instagram, it's Kaylee RD and I spell my name weird, but it's K-A-E-L-Y or KayleeRD.com. Thank you so much. And I forgot to mention that this is an encore performance for Robin, who was also here talking about nutrigenomics and how your genetic um, factors influence lifestyle. So if you loved this episode, scroll back and find that episode next. Thanks so much for um, coming on today, ladies, and talking hormones. Thank you. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stressed Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stressed Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 